Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. The Friends episode where (laughs) Phoebe's singing the song about Julie and Rachel and she's like, and the guy will call him Neil. Uh, Yes. (laughs) So whatever their names are. We'll just be like, and and the guy that, let's call him Neil. We'll just call him Neil. Neil and and Phoebe. Luli, Luli, yes, perfect. (laughs) Call him Neil and Luli. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Okay. Hi, Chelsea. Hi. You're here. You're on the show now. I'm so honored to be the first returning guest. I know. This is actually really exciting. So this is episode 91. You were on episode 12, which aired October 28th of 2019. Wow. It's been a minute. That has been a while. Things have changed. Things have changed. So first, let's address this. I am interviewing you solo because Alyssa is still easing her way back in from maternity leave. And um, so you get me. And since October of 2019, I would say we've become a lot closer. So we Mm -hmm. see each other on Zoom. We've done a mini mastermind together. We've got... We've got stuff. So we, we know how to do this. We can we can chat for, you know, 45 minutes. We've also met in real life since the Wait, last time. In, in 38. In so my shirt is so appropriate. I know. Perfect. I know. It's I, I'm excited to have you here. You are very much on my radar because I feel like we don't talk about social media enough on the show. And I think that we needed a revisit. Um, and whenever we were having some recording scheduling issues, you were like, you, you got me out of, a, out of a bind. So thank you. Awesome. No, I'm super excited to be here again. Also, your first, the 12th episode, that was my first podcast ever. So I think I may have (laughs) advanced now at episode 90. Well, I have not done 91 episodes, but I've been on You've been on a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So you're an expert now. Experience has gone up. Expert level. Okay. So tell everyone who you are in case they didn't listen to episode 12, who you are, what you do, just a little about you. So I'm Chelsea Peterson. I am the founder and CEO of Modern Agent Social Club, which is a marketing membership for modern real estate agents. I help real estate agents stop being boring and basic on social media so that they can connect with their audience and grow their business with online marketing methods. So I like to turn boring things into... I guess, strategic, shiny, and fun things um, through social. So I'm here for all your creative ideas. I love it. Okay. I think the most important part of all of that is, well, we don't want to be boring. Nobody wants to be boring, but also strategy. I think that you're really good at actually having strategy behind what you teach and you are versed in all all types of important things about social media. So we're going to start today um, with our... Um, Neil and Luli story. 
<laughs> Neil, Neil and Luli, there is a blogger and I want you to kind of tell the story of what it just happened this week. Again, yeah. this is not the first time they've done this. Um, and so it kind of just tell the story. Tell us what happened. OK, so there's a blogger. Their names are Neil and Luli and they right. are right. Interior, interior design bloggers, not realtor bloggers. And they sold their home privately and produced a blog about it basically to show people and teach them how to sell privately. Um, so it created this big thread of feedback in my members group, my yeah. social club and lots of thoughts, lots of feelings. And we are going to talk about that a little bit today because number one, the private home sale, good for them for like removing the tacky FISBO, right. something that sounds a little bit more trendy, but there's a lot wrong with the article that came out that um, I think that agents can really take a lot from that and spin it into educating the public and right. creating, you could create content for days on this one topic because of this right. article. Right. Well, that's what I kind of liked about. So yes, every realtor who listens to this is probably in five to 10 or more Facebook groups with realtors, right? Like we've all, we're all in these groups. You tend to hear the same complaints. You tend to hear the same stories. Um, but when this came out this week, they were, and the realtors get fired up in these groups, which is fine. That's good. They're in a safe zone to talk to other realtors, but it's hard when you are fighting the general public about for sale by owner in your normal life and trying to show your value and being kind of made to feel like you're worthless in some cases. Like, I don't need you. I can do this myself. Like, what good are you? And then these people use the term privately sold, which made it sound very like cachet, like, oh, I privately sold my home. I'm so fancy. Um, and and then try to tell people how to do it, which I'm going to be honest with you. I did not read the article because I didn't want to give them a dollar of my money. So I didn't click. But um, tell us how things like that that happen in the world can, can help you impart wisdom in your group, like how it can work for your social media, I guess, strategy. Yeah. So instead of, we might want to talk about for sale by owner a lot because it's something that we're constantly handling objection yeah. handling or in a hot market. Why I've had family members that have said to me, to my face, like, why should I pay for a realtor? Whatever. It's taking that hot topic that other people that we know might be following Neil and Luli and seeing this advice and thinking, okay, if they did it, I can do it too. I did click on the article. I just had to, cause I had to know. Well, you needed to know. I needed to know what they were saying. And you can take something like that and turn it into a way to educate the general public so that they're seeing it in a context that's very relatable versus the real estate context of like why you shouldn't for sale by owner, like the generic stuff yeah. and take it into like, I mean, I have headlines flashing through my brain of like your caption starting with privately selling your home just to hook them and then telling people why that's not or why that might not work for you. Or this this blogger who has this massive following and huge platform, they only got X amount of showings despite that fact. And then there it was like less than 20 showings, right? 12. It was 12. Well, in this crazy market with people are having 30 offers much less 30 showings and they got 12 and they're essentially they're instagram famous i mean they have a huge following so they have that yeah. leg up versus a regular person that's going to put their house on the market on their own who doesn't have that upper hand yeah. um so they the way they talked about it felt very i guess subjective because 
they said they had a successful sale. They said they did it successfully without an agent. And it's, you can't really say it's successful because you don't know what you're missing or leaving on the table. So it's taking that, (laughs) taking that context and sharing about that in a way that will relate to your followers and family and friends who are going to be like, wait, that doesn't really make sense that. Yeah. And if I did this and they only got 12, what does that mean for me? You know? Yeah. And let's talk about the fact that they didn't actually do it without an agent. There was a buyer's agent involved. And I don't know if you ever did any transactions like this, but I've been the buyer's agent on a for sale by owner several times and you just do twice the work. It's not like no agent was there they didn't have someone guiding any part of the process. There was an agent involved. So I think it's already misleading and that they're like, we sold without an agent. Yeah, you didn't pay an agent and you paid the poor buyer's agent on the other side, probably half of what they should have made because they did twice the work. They did have a buyer's agent and they also paid that person to work not on their behalf. Right, they paid them to work for someone else. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It's taking those pieces of, content that are just out there in the world and turning them into how can I make people understand this in a way that makes sense? Because a lot of times I think people see real estate agents as they're just posting things about like, hire me, work with me, give me referrals. And if you twist it into this valuable explanation of here's what this actually means for you, if you decide to privately sell, it can make a lot more sense for people. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of leads me into you have always given great advice of looking outside of your industry for inspiration when it comes to producing the content for your social media. So realtors tend to get, and I didn't put this on our question list, so I'm going to catch you on the fly. Realtors tend to get really tied up in following other realtors, and then they see what other people are doing, and they either replicate it or they just try to they try to go the other way, but they can't figure out how to do that. Um, tell us about like. Operation Modern Agent. Tell us what that is. Tell us why it's helpful to maybe get outside of your little real estate bubble in order to produce content that your actual sphere wants to see. Operation Modern Agent is really taking something that's going to be that more generic fluff, you know, copy and pasted real estate content and turning it into something that's strategic that can give you a plan for, okay, I'm putting this out here. What is that going to do for my bottom line? What is my end goal with this piece of content or pieces of content versus just a one-off post that's going to die a slow death or a quick death death in your feed. Um, So Operation Modern Agent, one example that I like to use is when I look outside of the industry is look at what maybe a fashion blogger is doing or an, or an interior design blogger, or just what, what are you seeing them put out there on social media that people are drawn to? Maybe it's like the format of the content. So maybe it's, you know, how if this, um, maybe even a, any online industry, like it could be an Amy Porterfield, how is she creating her reels and that how can you take something real estate related and make it entertaining in that same way. So one example is um, like talking about that you had a sold property, especially in a hot market, instead of just saying it's sold, or you have that pretty picture of the house, it's working backwards and coming from how did I get that property sold? So not just, oh, it's sold, congrats to my sellers, but here's the Operation Modern Agent, what are the steps you took to help that seller prepare their house for the market? What were your marketing strategies online? Like saying digital marketing strategies to a seller, they're like, whoa, I don't know what, I don't even know what that means. And you can help me do that. Like you can get exposure for me, for my house online. Like, so working backwards, taking that, I guess, fodder that you have with how you got your 
success and your results on that list yeah. and sharing about that. But then looking outside of the industry to see like, what creative way could I put this together and put it out there? Or how could I turn this into like, okay, someone sees it and then they want to go click the link in my bio to learn more about me or right. learn more about it. Okay. So, and I want you to tell me, because I know you, I've heard you say this because I'm in the membership. So I know um, you are always, and I agree, stop posting the sold sign banner on the house in your feed. That serves no one. It, it certainly doesn't serve your audience. It might serve you and make you feel good about yourself and your business. Like, hey, look at me, I sold another house. But you know, especially on the show, we're always talking about, we don't think it should be about you and your numbers and look at me. It really should be more about like, what am I offering you? So I think what, if that was the old way, if you have someone listening that posts a sold sign on their picture of their house, they listed every time it closes, what would be the better post? Like what would be a better way to do that? Showing your experience. So taking that picture of your clients at closing, like find a fun client who wants to get a picture with you, without you, with some champagne, doing something fun and show that, the actual like closing day, don't just show the house or the front door or the, and if, if your clients don't want to be in it, then you go be in it. Like you pop champagne in front of the house and talk about how you help these sellers achieve their goals or how you, how you help them get yeah. multiple offers in less than X amount of days. Like not just the sold in two days. Like we are almost telling the public to try to sell on their own by putting by making it sound like it's right it's so, so easy. easy it's so easy I agree um I also while I have you because this makes perfect sense I we just talked about on the show and I don't even know if it's aired yet but people who are posting how hard this market is for buyers are gonna keep buyers from getting into the market like so if you keep posting the memes that are funny to you and your realtor friends about how many offers or how hard it is or the TikTok guy with the he's selling the apple I don't know if you saw this like it's hilarious yes. to me as an agent it is not hilarious to a buyer who actually wanted to buy a house and thought I don't think I can do, like, I don't think I can do this. It's already scary, especially if you're a first time buyer. So that was just my side note. I'm not asking. No, I, no, I agree. I think a lot of times we're posting for ourselves and our peers and it just comes naturally. Cause it's almost like you use social media as it's like, Oh, someone can relate. Someone can like feel what I'm feeling. And it feels good to do that and get that feedback from other agents. But then at the same time you have people saying like, why do I only have agents following me? Why don't right. I have like, how do I get people interested in my content? And my one tip to come out of this and yes, stop posting <laughs> that the market is hard without giving someone a plan or a, a bright side, like the right. light at the end of the tunnel. Like one thing I'm really saying to do now is start educating people that they should start this process much earlier than they normally would so that yeah. they have all their ducks in a row and they're ready to go and use social media to do that. One thing you should do if you're in that camp of like, why aren't people connecting with me? Why aren't they relating to like what I'm putting out there? How do I make them listen? You have to balance out that real estate content. Like it is important to be the expert, but you can't just be the expert. So do some market research in the form of polls in your Instagram stories, literally asking your people what they want to see. Like, do you like seeing behind the scenes of my showings or would you rather see how I got my accepted offers for my buyers? Or do you like local events or would you rather me tour local places and tell you my favorite thing to eat there? Like literally ask people what they want what, from you. Right. Like it's just so obvious. Okay. Mm -hmm. So tell us about like, okay, let's say you're putting out good content. You're getting some traction on your social media. What is the flow from 
basically someone finding you on social to using or working with you? So what I want to say before I give that answer is (laughs) (laughs) there, it's so, so critical that you have a foundation set, meaning you are already consistently showing up because sometimes, and I'm going to talk about that strategy in a second, but sometimes we just want this strategy to work. And then we hear crickets or nothing happens because we don't have a foundation. We haven't been showing up consistently. We haven't been actively like social. I always say you can't be, you have to be an active participant. You can't just like automate this thing. It's like a relationship building (laughs) network. Okay. Do you want to give us like, what would you say would be a foundational piece or like maybe a timeframe? Cause I know we've talked about this. I don't, it's not appropriate to say, I'm going to try social media for a month and we're going to see what happens. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to pitch it. Cause I don't really want to do it. Like how long do you think it takes to get traction? If you're being strategic about it, what would you like? And where would you say to start? I would say to be, if you're being intentional and strategic about how you're using it, not just automating copy pasting, I would say like three months to get some traction going and getting those people that are following you to know that, Hey, I am going to keep showing up for you. Or here's, here's what you can expect to see from me. So you're, you're not just shouting like, Hey, work with me. You're, you're building this relationship and that's the foundation. So I would say probably three months just to get that going. And it's going to look different depending on how much effort you're putting in, I guess, within those three months. But, um, so that's what you need. You need something there. And what I mean by foundation is like, what kind of content do you want to be known for? So do you want people to know that you are the move up buyer specialist? Do you want people to know that you're the first time home buyer ninja? Do you want people to know like, what do you want them to know? And that's the content you should be putting out along with being yourself and showing your personality. So people actually know who you are. So your experience, your, um, what it's actually like to work with you. That picture should be painted on your social media in a very approachable way. So that's your foundation. Hello friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes. Listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far I've used a handful and received positive feedback like this is so professional or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, Your clients are there. actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. <laughs> I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to Hustle Humbly podcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're going to enjoy them you're going to love them you're going to love gonna it. change your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, bye enjoy friends. the template yes enjoy right i think the key i think actually the one way you know it's working is if people start to send you things because they know it's you so like people are now sending me pictures of corgis or people will send me i know they used to send you like every single thing that was friends. And in the first time we talk, we cover like the brand menu and having categories. And we're not going to get into that again. But if you're putting out 
who you are, like then people, I, someone sent me a mug in the mail because they were like, you like funny mugs, like here's a mug. So I think that if you have, everyone has facets of their personality, if it's gardening or if it's collecting something or if it's traveling, like you have to put that out there or else people don't know how to connect to you as a human. So I think that knowing what those things are and actually putting them in there is part of what sounds like what that is. The best question to ask yourself with that is what are you getting tagged in on Facebook already? So like if you have a personal Facebook and your best friend or whoever, are they taking you in like everything to do with wine or everything to do with reading or books or a specific TV show? And we overthink it a lot. Like I feel like we have to think of this crazy thing and it's really just like you're whatever simple. you're doing in your life. Yeah. Super so that connects simple. with people. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be part of your foundation too. Okay. So can okay, you, so. can you now tell us about the flow? <laughs> the flow. Hey, okay. Oh, that's the mug. I just got an exclusive sneak peek of some merch. I know, Hustle Humbly. Can, can I say the, that? Okay. You can say it. By the time this airs Monday, people can buy the mug. Oh, also speaking of, um, that's exciting. Speaking of corgis, before I get into this, I tried to send you a picture of a corgi at, on the beach in, um, yes. Rosemary and it failed. I just saw it this morning when I tried, when I texted you, I was like, Oh you man, cute little corgi laying down by his little people. Oh, um, okay. My gosh. So you've become the corgi woman. No, it's very <laughs> okay, weird. So- the flow of someone finding you to actually working with you, number one is when they get to your account, you need to have something there that makes them want to keep learning more. Okay. So you might be spending time like engaging and connecting with people, but if your account's kind of dead, as in like, you don't have an active story, they can't learn anything about you. You don't have like nothing about your profile screams like this girl looks fun to follow, or right. I would love to see more of X, Y, Z. Like you're going to lose them right there. So that's number one is like, what's going to keep them coming back. And I always say like, think about why you follow someone, because a lot of times our own ideal, like clients or followers are going to be similar to our own interests. Cause like, if you're connecting over wine or the bachelor or whatever your thing is, you're going to have that same connection point. So think about what you like following and how can you kind of show up in that more fun behind the scenes style, um, versus just the real estate tips over and over and over. Okay. Um, so that's number one. Okay. So I'm going to keep going. Go. I want to hear it all. Okay. okay. So that's number one. And then when someone first starts following, if you following you, you need to really have some kind of call to action, whether that's something in the link in your bio or in your bio that says like, maybe you're super active on your stories, but your feed is kind of like, not your best feature of your Instagram. So maybe you literally put in your bio, watch my stories for the fun or yeah. the fun is in the stories or something like that to direct them there to see that more like behind the scenes, um, friendship building kind of a way, but yeah. having a call to action beyond that. So that number one, knowing that social media is not just going to be like cold leads coming at you think saying like, Oh my gosh, here's a realtor. I need to buy a house done. Like that's not going to happen. It's like a long process of nurturing. Right the people. So it's, it's showing up in that consistent way, but having that call to action. So someone knows, like, let's say they go click that link in your bio, you have something there, giving them an opportunity to learn more, to get on your email list where you can serve them more authentically, like one-on-one, um, where you can give them a resource, like something valuable that will help them kind of get started. So that might even look like, you know, things to do in your local community. It doesn't even necessarily have to be real estate. Yeah. There's an agent in my office that does like the weekend events every week. Mm -hmm. And so she posts like, this is what's happening in town this weekend. And that 
I mean, that way, if you need to know what's going on in town, you just get used to seeing that there. And so right. it's, it's a nice and it's value. It's offering something of value that isn't saying, let me sell your house. Do you know anyone that needs to buy? Like, here's something you might need this weekend. Yeah, I love the local stuff because you you should be an expert of your community. Even if let's say your thing is like you really want to get into new construction, having a resource that's learning about the different builders builders in your community, like a lower budget builder, a mid-range, a high end, and like someone that's coming to your page is gonna learn, okay, she talks about built the building process, she shares about new construction developments, and now I click the link in her bio and she tells me all about these builders. And you're not gonna have that happen instantly, but it's the fact that you're showing up in a more personal way, nurturing people, and they know you're that resource that's there. So it's a matter of relationship building. Like look at Instagram, not like a shiny tool to post your sales and stuff, but like as a relationship builder and a client generator essentially. And maybe that person is just a matter of like, they want to refer you business or like they hear their friend that's going to move. And they're like, Mm -hmm. you have to talk to Katie. Like she has like the best information on her Instagram, you're going to learn everything about fill in the blank city, et cetera. So I think that's important to have that combination. Okay. So maybe this will play into the, a lot of what you talk about is Instagram focused. What if I'm going to ask two questions. What if someone's like, well, I don't use Instagram. I like Facebook or I'm on Twitter or whatever, or, and second part, if you're on Instagram and you love Instagram, tell us how you would you would use each feature and kind of what for. Because the last time we recorded this, reels didn't even exist. Stories were there and we talked about it, but I think IGTV was new. So like there's all these parts and facets. I, Instagram is really like multiple platforms that have kind of been you know added oh, yeah. together, right? So tell us how to use them and what we should be doing in them that will help, I guess, be, get in front of our community. So if your people aren't on Instagram, there's a little bit different of a strategy that I would recommend. Instagram is like your cocktail party, which I think I talked about in episode 12. So you can listen to that. That's going to be this like very social space. Your other option, if your people are on Facebook, our business pages just don't have that reach. They've been given this like... <laughs> it's almost like the, they have like this hat on saying like, don't look at me. Like I'm not worried, you know, like don't come here, but your personal page can be utilized as far as I, what I would do with that is use your stories on your personal page. And also, um, if you have some type of call to action where it's watch this video series, follow me for X, Y, Z, that you're directing them to something specific once in a while, but you can't use your personal page for business like that on Facebook, but it's going to be more showing behind the scenes of like, Hey, I'm getting coffees before we go to this showing on Saturday and you check into the location or you highlight that local business. So that looks different, but Instagram focus, how do you use these different features? I like describing it in a different context. Like I say, I like to look at different industries. So pretend Instagram is a boutique because I want your brain to get there and then you can kind of relate it back to real estate. So if you were following a local boutique, brick and mortar, your Instagram feed is like the categories of what your boutique sells and what it would be like if you actually went to shop there. So think of like, maybe they sell candles and they sell home decor, but they also sell clothing. So their feed's going to have like different highlights of those things. And it's also, if they're doing Instagram, right, it's going to show behind the scenes of the store, the store owner, um, like events maybe that are coming up if they're doing like a ladies night, things like that. So it's going to be your categories of what they offer. So think of your feed that way in a real estate context, that might be talking about privately selling your home and why it's a terrible idea. 
Um, it might be things like just you behind the scenes at work and what you're, the things you should look for when you're at that showing or whatever. Um, but then your stories in relation to that, the stories are going to be kind of like the behind the scenes at the boutique. So maybe it's when they get a new shipment in of new clothing and they're unboxing, like here's the products coming out or they're redoing the floor. Like they're moving things around. Yeah. Um, it might be behind the scenes of the owner where they're going to dinner that night. And you're getting to build this relationship with the store, not just like, you know, like the restaurants or the boutiques that every single square is like a shirt or it's like the plate of food or yeah. it's like the, the drink is zoomed in. And all I want to see is the atmosphere. Like show me what it's like there. Yeah. It's kind of like that in a real estate context is like you posting listings or tips or just real estate stuff. So think of it in that way where you want that more like the, the, the more nitty gritty behind the scenes, not That's just the really surface. a good point. I never thought about it like that. You're seeing all the pictures of the pretty food and you're like, that sounds good, but what is it like to eat there? Like, I don't right now, I want to go to a good patio or I want to like mm-hmm. it to be romantic or I want it to be like kind of exciting. I can't tell because I just see the food and I don't know. That's such a perfect analogy because in your feed, if all you say are here are the real estate tips, here are the houses that I sold, they don't even know what, what you look like and what you do and how you like what you all, they don't know anything about you. What is that going to be like? We have to spend yeah, a lot of time to show, together. Exactly. You have to show your experience. And like, if, if you're, if this is another thing with this whole like connecting point of I'm going to work or I found you, I want to work with you. They need to like you. So you need to be sharing about you. Like, would you ever hire someone to handle the largest asset that you have? If you don't even know what they look like, but no. then people wonder like, why aren't they getting clients from social media? And it's, you're not there. Like you're not putting yourself out there in a way that shows your experience. Like not even just like, I love books. I love dogs. Like, what is it like to work with you? Yeah. Like that needs, that picture needs to be painted. Like, like think of it like the atmosphere of, yeah. I want to go sit on this patio, you know? Yeah. So that's Makes what the sense. boutique in your stories is going to be like, that's going to be all those behind the scenes. And then that, that includes like local stuff. Like the, if I was a boutique owner and I'm a local business, I'm going to also share other local businesses where to go eat after you shop. Like, so you should be yeah. doing the same thing. You might not be a brick and mortar, but you're a local business. So okay. connect with those local businesses on there. All right. So we got feed, we got stories. Mm-hmm. Tell us the reels. Okay. So reels, I'm going to still use the boutique example because it's just running with it in my brain. Okay. So a reel from a boutique might be something that they're going to show value in their boutique or in their products or in their clothing, but they're also going to make it fun and micro micro content, quick to consume. That's what everyone's loving about the reels. So they might do one outfit three ways. I don't know. Like something like here's this three pieces of clothing and you can wear this outfit multiple ways and here's how to do it. As a real estate agent, you could show someone like a valuable tip on like how to prep your home for a showing, like something really quick, those quick clips put together, giving value, but it's in an entertaining way. Like instead of this long caption of like preparing for a showing. Yeah. Like turn on the light switch, uh, light the candle to like adjust your thermostat. I have got to tell you while we're on reels. So I've been doing the real challenge this time this month with, with the group. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so fun. I'm like, I thought, I don't know, like I've done a reel or two and they're okay. But I think it's one of those things that once you get used to the actual like interface and how to do it, then it becomes more fun and creative because it does, there's a learning curve just like any other 
like software or whatever, like you have to figure out how to push the buttons and make it work. Right. And then once you push the buttons and make it work, I did the one where I'm like two characters. <laughs> that was cracking me up. Like that I had, hilarious. I had so much fun. I guess my point is I had so much fun making it. So mm-hmm. I don't, do we have any other things? All right. So we did real stories feed. Do you want to say anything about IGTV or video outside of real? Yeah. Um, I will, but about what about, I want to say about reels is, um, to think of it in your head. If you're someone who's like, I'm just not there yet. One thing that really simplified it for me is thinking of it as just your little mini stories. So like you do stories all the time. If you do, it's kind of taking these mini stories and lumping them together into a video that like, let's say you have four stories about prepping your home for a showing instead of doing that, you're going to make micro clips of them, like two second clips of each little thing and mash them together. Yeah. And I, I did, a um, on my Instagram, if you go to my reels, I did a, how to prep for a showing as like a inspiration. If you want to look at that. Yeah. Okay. So IGTV and video, IGTV just really, for me personally, isn't picking up as much traction as a, like a Facebook live is. And I think it's, one of the biggest reasons is that like a Facebook live video has that community feel. Cause you're still seeing the comments coming in when you're watching the replay. And a lot of people are watching the replay. IGTV doesn't have that, but I do think it's good to get yourself on video for people to learn from you. Like in a, okay, if I'm sitting down for coffee with you, what is this going to look like sound like? So to be on video from time to time in that way, I think is important because that's going to give someone that full big picture then. Yeah. So would you recommend like if you were walking through a house or giving like a longer form tip or something, would you just say to do that on a Facebook live as opposed to in your Instagram? I think it really depends where your people are. I, I like to not put all my eggs in one basket, but also if something's working really well for me, like Instagram, Mm -hmm. then I would test it out. So maybe see again, pull your audience. Where would you rather watch these videos? See like where where your people are wanting. Like I did that once and a lot of people voted Facebook, even though we're connected on Instagram much more personally, they prefer to watch on Facebook. So sometimes, you know, and I just push my stories from Instagram into my Facebook. So they're there. And I think it's connected though, to my realtor page. So who knows how many people see it, but I'm always kind of surprised by certain people comment on them in Facebook and other people comment on them in Instagram. Not everyone is on both. And some people Mm -hmm. just end up on one versus the other. So I do think it is wise, I guess, to be in, in both locations. Mm -hmm. Um, Go. Oh, that also just gives you if you're in both locations, it gives you the opportunity to cross-reference your platforms. So yeah. if you are connected to all these people on Instagram and you're doing this live video series or you're going to do a local spotlight or something, you can say, click the link in my bio, watch this on Facebook or get on my email list and I'll send you the link to it. So you always yeah. want to have that like conversion thing out there that's going to take someone off just your follower list onto something that's going to be more permanent. Yeah. Okay. So... I guess would you would call that the funnel. People probably hear this and like what tell kind of walk us through like what does it mean to have a funnel? Like what like what would be the nuts and bolts of that kind of quickly? Okay, so quick funnel would be taking someone from interested follower to interested to I want to learn more to then I want to work with you. And that funnel process can go a lot of different ways. It might be through a video series that you have. That's that next action step. Like I talked about a free guide or a resource, a local resource, basically getting them into your email list. And then knowing, having email campaigns set up, like knowing that, okay, this person came in through this local freebie. So they're not 
interested in buying or selling right now, but I'm just going to nurture them with a monthly email. And I know that that person isn't really, you know, in my pipeline to buy or sell, but then you have maybe a resource like a five day video series or something you do. That's going to your sole purpose of that thing is to get people in your funnel for sellers. So that's like the, where the funnel's headed. So you, you put out valuable content, you put out personal content, they're interested, they take action, they request this video, now they're in your email list and you can nurture them. So they might not be ready to sell for a year, but you have them in your funnel to nurture and they're there. Like they said, hey, I want more from you. They raised their hand and now what are you gonna do to nurture them, get them there? What resources are you gonna provide? So you can do this with automation if you have an email software that allows you to like segment different audiences. And it sounds complicated to say, yeah. and it's really not as complicated as it sounds. Um, right. but that would be the funnel is getting them from following to interested to, I want more from you to in your inbox to buy. Would you say selling. ultimately in your social media, I mean, the big goal would be to get people their emails that you have some way to follow up with them because you, it's very passive. You can't be sure everyone sees your, you know, Instagram story this week or, you know, right. Your post, but like, ultimately we need their email, right? Yes. And then the email you're in the more intimate space. So it's like, you're talking directly to them in an email versus Instagram. You're kind of talking to everyone. So if you can kind of take that, maybe that post that you were going to do about privately selling your home and you turn it into a free piece of content that's gated, meaning you need their email for them to read it. Now they're right. in your funnel and it doesn't matter. Like, I think sometimes we think, okay, they're in the funnel. They got on my email list. Now they're ready to buy. They're not, but that doesn't mean they're like dead. Like right. keep nurturing them, building that relationship, sending local events every month in their email or what's right. happening in your community. So that would be part of your funnel is knowing that like it doesn't happen in a five day period. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So how would you, or how do you, or how would you say you want to build your community on social media? Like, how are we going to grow it? We have right now our 10 family members following us. Like, what are we going to do to actually grow a community? Be social. It's the easiest thing. Literally think of yourself pouring a cup of coffee, pouring a glass of wine and going to Instagram or your Facebook group that you're in or wherever you're going and like, you're going to have conversations, like you're actually talking like a human, like not just post, look at me calling it a day or let's automate all of this and call it a day. Like you need to be social. And it's, I feel like that almost just freaks people out. They're like, I don't have time. I don't have time. But if you can even think of things like 10 minutes while you're waiting for that buyer to show up at the house that you're showing them or five minutes while you're um, waiting for your noodles to cook on the stove. I don't know, like these little times, I like mac and cheese, these little times <laughs> where you can kind of just hop on and have conversation with people. And what's really going to build that true community is by however you're showing up. So the people that are going to connect with you are the ones that are going to think like, Hey, me too. I can relate to that. Yeah. So that goes back to those like personal categories. I also wanted to ask you, <laughs> What's the one thing you wish agents would stop doing on social media? Okay, it's twofold. <laughs> Number one, copying and pasting content and having their grid just of like real estate tips, nothing about them. And then that what goes hand in hand with that is focusing so much on like the aesthetic of their feed versus like the value you're providing. 
instead of like that pretty picture that looks really great. That's a graphic of like five steps to buying a home. How about you show what the experience is like working with you through a video or a reel or a carousel post of you? Um, That would be my biggest thing I wish people would stop doing because it's not serving them. And then that leads to the mindset of this doesn't work or I need to go lead Jen. Well, right. Oh, right. Totally. And I think it's funny because, um, that feels like work when you're like focused on what it looks like and posting once a day and making the feed look perfect and putting all the tips in there. And I feel like there's also this opportunity to use social media, to bring joy back into your business and actually have fun. So like, what are some ways that you can go from it feeling like a chore and it being work to it being fun? Like, do you have any advice on that? Yeah, I think when it feels like a chore, obviously you're not having fun with it. So you need to kind of pull back the reins and think, what about this isn't fun and stop doing that thing. So if it feels very like time consuming to make your grid perfect, like who cares? Like I would rather show up in a way that feels fun because you're going to do it better and you're going to be feel more passionate. People are going to see through like, the grid or your stories that you're having fun with it. And they're going to be more attracted to you. Um, and to be without the whole grid thing, you can have a pretty grid, but no one else is really looking at your grid. They're like seeing you through, like they found your post through a story or they're seeing it in the feed. Like they're not just looking at your grid and thinking, do I want to follow her? Cause her grid's pretty. No, I want to follow her. Cause she seems super fun. And I love the behind the scenes of her real estate business. And I want to see it all. So that would like, if you're not having fun, think about why you're not having fun and do the things you like versus like the, Oh, I should be doing X, Y, and Z. Like it's going to require a little bit of work, but overall, like you should be obsessed with your marketing plan. You should be obsessed with your marketing plan. I think that the ultimate gateway drug or the, the, the answer to everything for me is stories. Like if you go to your stories, they're 15 seconds long. It can be video or a photo or a photo with music or whatever the heck you want it to be. It could be a question sticker. It has all of these different options and it goes away in 24 hours. If people saw it, great. If they didn't, you don't have to, it's not like you're tied to this being aesthetically pleasing for the rest of your Instagram life. Like it's 24 hours of this is what I did today. Here's a picture of my tea here. I went on this showing like, and then tomorrow they come back. There's, I mean, like I follow your stories, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't post on your stories for a few days, I will literally text you and be like, Chelsea, are you okay? Like what's happening? Why aren't you on your stories? I need to know what you're doing today. Did you have coffee this morning? I need to know. Like, and people, there are some bloggers I follow like that. And they just tell you like what they're doing that day. It's like watching I guess it's like watching reality TV, right? Like, I want to know what you're doing. I like you. I like that you like mac and cheese and friends. Like, I want to come back and see, like, what did you do today? Like, tell me what you did. It's just really, um, I think that's where it made the most sense for me. And I think it's the easiest thing for anyone to do. Would you agree? Yes. Stories are my favorite thing. They're the best. I was listening to someone, I don't know her name. So I feel bad even saying this, but she did an experiment where she only did stories for two full months and did not post in her feed. And she said she had like the most conversations ever. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because you're, again, if you look back to the boutique example, you should have some stuff in your feed about like the experience of what it's like to work with you. What can people learn? But then your stories are that ongoing. It is like a reality show. It's called a story for a reason. Like social media is not as much as people try to figure out like the algorithm and all these things, it's not, they're not really locking up their secrets. It's called a story, meaning treat it like a story, right? It's called, um, what else? 
the real doesn't mean anything, but it's no. called social media. Right. You have to be social. You like, have to actually not- interact. I know. I kind of wonder if you, you could probably just post in your stories and then go engage with other people's posts and do better than you ever did by having a pretty feed. Because you're going to shift your focus to I'm showing up more authentically. Well, I also think it's interesting. And I've found this personally, like if I wanted to follow a local restaurant that I think is amazing, I don't know why we feel like other businesses are untouchable or they don't have time for us or they don't need our support. And we feel like it's just so odd to me, but I feel like you go to the restaurant that you love and they post a picture of their, you know, the meal that day. And there are only three comments. You being the fourth comment is important to them. And you saying, wow, this looks really good. Or I had this last week. It was amazing or whatever. And you continually going back to that restaurant, all of a sudden they're in your community. Like they're going to follow your post. They might talk to you. Like it could be the boutique owner. Like they're still small businesses too. They need, they need your support. I have become friends with so many of our small business owners, like the person, like, I think we look at it like a brick and mortar building, but there's a human that owns that business that has their own customers and they know people in town. Like we shouldn't write off other local businesses or think I see people say all the time, well, I only really have other local businesses following me. I'm like, that sounds amazing. amazing." Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds so good. Same with anything. Like if you have other people in your industry, like local lenders or other people that are part of your, like, you know, your bread and butter of real estate comment on their stuff. Like their people are going to keep seeing your name. Like, yeah. If you have these people that are like your dream client, or there's this really awesome local blogger that you're like, Oh my gosh, she knows everyone go start commenting there. Like other people that follow everything she does are going to start seeing your name too. Yeah, Like you can really expose yourself that way. Right. Okay. This leads perfectly into my next question. What is important to have in your bio? So let's just say we're using this method. We're talking to the restaurant or the boutique owner or the local blogger and they decide, man, this Katie, she keeps showing up in my like comments. I'm going to go click on, cause that's what happens next. Then they're going to click on your bio and be like, well, who are you? Especially if like my name is just my name. They don't necessarily know what I do or who I am. Now they're at my bio. Tell me what they need to see. You need to have something in there that tells exactly what you do. And it can't be, I can't wait to help you find your dream home. Or I love helping people buy and sell houses. It needs to be more specific so that they are going to find you and think like Katie is the expert in fill in the blank. I mean, you can say that, but that's like, I don't know, an eye doctor saying he loves glasses. You ha- you have to be like, oh, I, obviously, or a wedding photographer saying they love taking photos. Obviously, you love taking photos. Right. But what do you do differently? And yeah. if you can tie that little piece into something personal, like with a side of wine or with um, late mm-hmm. night mac and cheese to fuel me or whatever your thing is, like yeah. you build that personal connection. Like that is how you're going to take your bio from just this blah, basic to... Hey, I like her or I want to know more. Okay. Can I also say that I think this happens to me all the time because, because of the podcast, realtors end up on my page, right? And they follow me or they talk to me and I will go look at their, I can't figure out their last name, where they sell real estate, that they sell real estate. Sometimes I'm like, but how would you, how would your clients even know? Like I... I feel like it's pretty basic, but I should know that you sell real estate, no matter how how you phrase it. And I should really know your name. Like I need to know your last name. So if your handle is just your name, then realtor needs to be in your, the name spot. So like there's a name spot and a handle spot. If you're, and also the name spot. So like 
not your handle, but the name spot is what shows up in the DMs. So if you have your name like Chelsea Peterson dash realtor and you're DMing someone, they're going to see realtor or whatever yeah. you want them to see in the DM. So that's important to put or make your like, I hope your handle isn't just something that doesn't make any sense because it's going to be a lot more catchy if it doesn't right. make sense, you know, and having your location, you, yeah, you have to have your location in your bio. Do you feel like location in your hand, like when you think about handles, is there a better way? Like, should your location be in your handle? I mean, you see, you know, my Cincinnati realtor all the time or whatever it is, like what is it, does it matter? What do you, what are your thoughts? To me, it's really powerful if you live in somewhere that people are coming from a different location, like Rosemary Beach Realtor. I feel like if you have Rosemary Beach in your handle, yeah, you're going to connect right away knowing like they are serving this area. I don't yeah. think it's, I do not think at all in any way that it is essential or like one of the realtors I followed in Rosemary Beach was they had 30A in their handle. So, you know, it's like the area. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's essential, but if you live in a, an area that's very well known or people are coming from out of town, I think that that can be very powerful yeah. to have that. I don't think it's that like where I live, I don't think it would matter. Right. In like a small town. Yeah. Um, it just depends where you're at. Okay. You need to have it somewhere. Somewhere. Right. Okay. Your name, your name needs to be somewhere. Your so name. I see a lot of times it's like, um, dream home finder is the handle and dream home finder is the name. Like, like you need your name in one of the spots. Right. I am not going to reach out to someone if I don't know their name. No. Like, how would I even address them? Hey, dream home finder. Like, well here, I just was looking for a real estate agent in 30A. So I was doing my research and okay. I was looking up hashtags to find a local realtor. There really weren't any, so they're not <laughs> people out there. Aren't maybe utilizing that in the best way. They could but be. The person, the person I found, I don't care what her feed looks like. What I was interested in is that she broke down every area in 30A and told me like what, what these different areas had. Yeah. She had a place in her bio where I could, without having to like text her, call her, I could just reach out directly. And then she reached out to me. So it wasn't this like long process of, you know, you need an easy access, easy access to you. Don't make it like yeah. people jump through hoops once they're on your profile to get in touch with you. Like yeah. people might not be ready to text you or even send you an email. They might just want like, I want to fill out this form and I'm interested in X, Y, Z yeah. or, you know, an easy, you need easy access. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Anything else you want to share with us today? Um, my last thing I would share is with talking about stories and all those things and how they do disappear in 24 hours. If you can take some of your stories and kind of gamify them in your highlights, meaning your highlights are strategic to what people can learn about you and your experience. So one maybe being about you in general, and you share some past stories that are more like Maybe it's you face to cam. It's you eating your mac and cheese or talking about whatever things that are personal. You have a local one. So people are like, Ooh, I want to know like different areas in this city. I want to click here and learn what those areas are or, um, fire tips, free resources. If you have one, like work with me. And then when you click it, you can learn about different things. Like maybe you have that, I don't know, seller guide, or you have a video series someone can watch or a local guide, like something like that, where your stories, they do die, but then you use them still for people that are coming that maybe that would be interesting to them. Like, what can you keep on those highlights? Yeah, I like that. Okay. I don't have any other questions for you today. 
Okay, good. You're you're such a wealth of knowledge, and you know I would sit here and talk to you all day, as we often do. Um, yeah. Okay, so tell us where people can find you, what you offer, what how we can work with you. Tell us all the goods. Okay, so my handle is the Chelsea Peterson. The S E N, because I will tell you. S E N. S E N. Everyone says S O N. Mm-hmm. Um, Modern Agent Social Club is our other Instagram account where we feature agents every Monday who are doing a good job on social. If you want to kind of get an idea on how people are utilizing it the strategic way. Um, we have the membership, which is like the bread and butter. Um, that is like your monthly marketing plan. So that is going to give you a way to show up strategically every month. And then I'm coming out with something new in Yay! a couple of weeks, which okay. is called Modern Agent 1.0. It's your foundation to showing up on social. Um, it was kind of born out of the need of people that are, they're implementing the strategies, but they're lacking the foundation. So that piece of, you know, creating content that connects and how to show up in your stories that way, the mindset that you need to have the different platforms, all the things that people ask, I packaged it up and I'm going to run it live for the first time in the middle of May. And then after that we will, um, it'll just be, you can buy it anytime you want. So There is going to be a link in the show notes, I believe, to a free video you can watch, okay. which is out um, for anyone who is copying pasting content. If you are automating and you're not connecting with your audience and you don't feel like you're on brand or you you need that next level of like, why aren't I getting clients on social? That video will be for you. So that we'll link that in or Katie will link that in the show. Yes, notes. I'll get it all in there and we'll put your handles in there. Um, I will awesome. say that you give the most valuable information in both of your Instagram accounts. So if people just don't know where to start on social media or are stuck or feeling plateaued or like it didn't ever make, like just go and read some of Chelsea's old posts. They're all excellent. They will give you some really tangible advice. So I think that that would be a good place to start too. Yep. You can binge, binge the feed, binge it. And then you can be besties. Um, Okay. Do you have a toast prepared for us? Yes, kind of. So I was thinking through modern agents that, well, we've highlighted or um, our members that are just crushing it. And it takes a lot of work. Like I don't want to make it sound easy. It does take work and it it should be fun, but it's not like, it's not as easy as pressing a button or scheduling your posts. And someone that I've seen doing such an amazing job in she dispelled this whole privately selling thing in her stories with face to cam and explained it. She had a call to action at the end. And I just love what she's doing is Sophia coffee. Is it coffee? I'm going to say, I hope I'm saying it right now. I feel like that's her name. Sophia coffee. Oh, coffee. Oh, coffee. Yeah. Oh, coffee. Okay. Oh, coffee. coffee is stuck in my brain. I'm still drinking it. Okay. So, Sophia, <laughs> oh, coffee. Um, I love it. Such an amazing job. And I love how she implements everything in the membership. And I love she's such a good resource to other members. And I just am thankful for her and for being such a loyal. Oh, yeah. Your community is the best. We love Sophia. So, cheers to Sophia. You guys, you're you would be lucky to be in that community. It's so good. Like everyone oh, is so you. nice. They don't do all the 
much fussing. I hate those oh, no. Facebook groups with all the fussing. And they're just really interested in actually using strategies and using techniques and learning from each other. And um, I don't know how you managed it, but kudos to you. That's a that's a good Thank group. Thank you. It's a good group. Well, you're part of it so that you contribute as well. Oh my God, please. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, maybe you'll be the third the, the third guest one day. We'll see. You already I hope so. two times. And, and I'm so glad you came back because you just have all the good knowledge. So you guys, if you need anything, just go to the show notes and you can find all the information and we will talk again soon. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks, yes. Alyssa, for letting me step I know. in today. That's right. It was very needed. So you saved us. Awesome. Thank Take, you. Bye, friends. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.